Welcome to the Whole Self Podcast, where we talk about various mental health topics with an emphasis on the body, mind, and spirit connection. Our goal is to empower our listeners with the knowledge and tools needed to embark on their own healing journey. A gentle reminder that this podcast is not a substitute for therapy, and we encourage you to seek out your own therapy if needed. Hi, this is Sharon Wegman from the Whole Self Podcast, and today I'm going to be doing a bonus podcast. Um, we don't have Kate or Kayla with us, but today we have my friend Ann Bruno with us. And Ann Bruno has this amazing new program that she's doing for people in recovery. And it's called the Sober Academy. And I'm going to be talking about it with her because I love out of the box things. I love the idea that she's thinking outside of the box regarding addictions and recovery. So Anne is, has worked in addictions for many years. In just a minute, she's going to tell us a little bit more about that. But she has a master's degree in counseling. Uh, she has an addiction certification. And she's been in the business for a long time. And I just really value what she's bringing into the world by doing this type of program. And I just wanted to uh, make sure that I was able to spotlight her. So, Anne, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us, your, tell us about what you did in your work and how you came to be in that field. Great. Good morning, Sharon. Thank you for inviting me. It's so exciting. <laughs> I love to talk about <laughs> how I got in this field. Yes, I um, was a I consider myself a born teacher. I was uh, at eight years old. I was teaching my neighbors how to bake pies. So being a teacher is really part of my passion. So I proceeded, you know, after uh, high school to move on to a, a program uh, where I became a teacher and my teaching expertise was in education. So, and I loved it. I love the kids. I love to see the, the brightness in their eyes. Um, and I love the teaching part. Absolutely. Counselors are teachers in so many ways, aren't they? They sure are. They sure are. And then and how did I, you come to get to the end of the world of addictions? Okay. Well, what I was in, I consider this um, synchronistic um, if you will, that I, you know, was going through some major changes in my life. Um, and I was moving and helping someone move. And I was using newspaper to wrap up her glasses. And I saw this ad as we're looking for counselors who were specialized in gestalt therapy. And I thought, wow, that's me. I agree. <laughs> so I applied, I applied immediately and I was hired immediately. And what happened as a result of that changed my life forever. Um, in grad school, I learned, I had one class on addiction and it says, this is what a drug looks like. And alcohol looks like this. Those are the basic. But when I worked and I worked, my first position was in a national treatment center, international treatment center. And because I live in Tucson, Arizona, um, we have more than one. Uh, the one I started at was called Sierra Tucson. Yes. And it opened my eyes to a reality of what addiction and alcoholism was because it involved 
uh, and I worked in the family department, a whole systems approach, a bigger view, and everybody is in recovery. It, and, instead of just the loved one who was in treatment. And I got to teach the family members, and then I got to provide coaching with them and their person in treatment. So I love, love that collaboration. And I saw magnificent results. Absolutely. And that kind of completely goes along with all of our listeners, because all as all of our listeners are very attachment based and understanding that whatever they're doing to cope with their pain in the present really comes from things in their past. So right, addictions workers like yourself who work with the system are really addressing the roots of those problems in so many deep ways. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. I one of the ma- major major personal uh, experience of working um, in treatment, my first treatment center, was first of all we had to be not had to be, but it was highly suggested that if we were going to work here, we all had to be in Al-Anon. And I saw the value of that because I had been going to Al-Anon, but here it is in the business world. I said, wow, what an eye-opener. The reason for that was is because our codependency issues gets triggered when we are in the helping profession. And that... That very shortly, within a month probably, I saw my own recovery starting, stopping, you know, drinking and turning my life and my struggles into be a benefit for someone else. Absolutely. You know, and we talk about that as therapists all the time, that we have to be clear on our own issues and be working on our own issues constantly to be really good therapists and if we're not aware if we're not aware we it can impact the therapy so what you're saying is part of even what you learned in the addictions world at working for these amazing these amazing um, addiction centers was even as a helper you have to be so aware of your own need to not to be caregiver That's exactly right. And my life since then has been about recovery. I mean, it just, it just spilled over into great joy, but sometimes very many challenges in that I was um, identified while I was working at the treatment center as someone who would be good doing outreach for them. And so I was recruited then into the marketing department of that. And so, and I'm thinking, why did anybody pick me? And as I look back, it's um, because I was taught to model what I am teaching. Oh, that's really good. It's really good. So that's how I work with my clients is, you know, is to model the behavior, to set my own boundaries. And, and so they learn that from me. And I'm not perfect at it. You know, sometimes I don't. <laughs> I think nobody's perfect, right? I mean, exactly. It's actually very beneficial when, when clients actually are participating and giving feedback. It just helps us be more sharpened. 
yeah, hence we, we taught the Johari's window. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. It was a absolutely wonderful, wonderful experience that I have. So anyhow, my point in, in my background is, so the addictions treatment field, I know from a clinical perspective, but I also know it from a business perspective. You know, I went on to, um, I had my own practice. I was part owner of an outpatient um, clinic program. And so I knew both sides of um, the seat, if you will. Right. And I, I really, really loved doing that. Actually, I love, and I love this new program that you're coming, that you're bringing to, um, bringing out. Um, I just love the, the way it's out of the box because so much of the addictions world is so, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And Anne has developed this amazing coaching program called the Sober Academy that I'd like her to explain how it works and why it's a benefit for people to do it that can't do the normal treatment plan that most addictions programs move towards. So first tell us about the Sober Academy. Well, the Sober Academy is, I created it because that's my creative side. <laughs> Anyhow, um, and I created it to um, be delivered online because I could one, reach more people. And what I do is I coach them um, on a daily basis so they can practice what I also teach them and they get support um, within a 24 hour turnaround from me on a daily basis. Uh, not on the weekends, but if it's an emergency, you know, um, I uh, coach them to let me know. So they don't have to leave their home. They don't have to leave their office, their busy life, and still proceed uh, with me working in the program. And the best part is they get me for three months. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That is the best part. Right. So what you're saying is people don't have to leave their home. They can watch your videos that you, with the teaching, they can talk to you um, online in a private me messaging format. And is there a community aspect of it as well? Yes. And, and that is, you know, and individuals have a choice because we meet um, twice a week as a community group. And, you know, my, my, another one of my takeouts from working in treatment is that the community is very supportive and they have eyes and ears that the client may not have or that I may not have. So we work in conjunction um, with, with each other. But if it's real personal, they don't want to do that or they want to try it, don't want to do it right now, that's okay. I will work with them individually. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I, as a therapist, love this idea of people who have, who are professionals and they don't have the ability to not be at work, to go an inpatient, or they don't have the ability to go access the meetings. Um, but this is just so powerful because there's so many professional people who just can't access services. And yet, they're, the, they're also really struggling and it's kind of hidden. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
yes. So um, the part about you have to do this, you have to go to AA, you have to, you know, attend 19. I don't, I don't, I don't come from that perspective. Um, what I, what I come from is working with a professional and as a coach, what we do, um, which is different than, than being in counseling or therapy is we, um, we set out a plan for them. What is it that they want to do? And, and then I, and, I, and it's a directive approach is, and it's task oriented. So um, we develop a certain trust and, you know, a lot of professionals are embarrassed yeah. um, about the fact that they may go home and drink and, or drug and don't want anybody to know. Um, they don't uh, want to go to meetings sometimes because, you know, they don't want people to know if you're a physician in the community, you know, they want to go to AA because it's, uh, it's, it's scary and it's threatening. So I provide that support uh, for the professional to do it confidential, confidentially. And it's not, um, it's, I don't take insurance because that's not what coaching is about. So it's never on their insurance records, if you will. Their hip, you know, it follows you forever. Once, yes. Once that's been there. So important to protect exactly. that person. So it just sounds like there's so many benefits to the program that I can't think that anybody wouldn't want to do that who's struggling with addiction and hasn't known how to take the first step. Exactly. I, I was telling, um, and when I was in grad school, um, my professor made us take a whole year worth of going to various groups. And sometimes it's really hard to find that community that feels good, you know, and it took, I, I remember I went to many meetings before I felt like this is a safe meeting. I feel safe in this meeting. So again, another benefit to know you already have this empathetic counselor who already understands the whole world of addiction and is going to make a safe space for you. There was something you also said that earlier when we were talking, we were talking about how you have um, this empathy that's off the charts. Um, we call it an HSP, a highly sensitive person. Can you speak to that? Because that's really important for our listeners to understand why some people are very drawn to addiction regarding the HSP. Uh, that's, that has been a challenge, but that's a really good question. Um, I was, as a child, I was always the little girl crying because uh, somebody hurt my feelings and, you know, people would say, oh, grow up, wear your heart on your shirt sleeve. So highly sensitive people or empaths being empathetic are extremely sensitive. And I learned, you know, really early that, oh, you know, alcohol makes me less sensitive. So then that became a habit um, to close down um, my sensitivity and to be embarrassed about it. Um, as a professional, um, you know, here I would be a professional and yet I would have the emotions or being in a relationship, being in my marriage. I was a professional female 
with the emotions of an adolescent. Mm. And that's really embarrassing also. And you don't want anybody to know that piece. So what, what I know about addictions is that um, being empathetic requires boundary setting. Mm. And I teach that. And it's not only physical uh, boundary setting, and it's not only, um, what would I say, um, sexual boundaries, but it's the emotional boundary setting that will be the most difficult. It has been for me. And I see that for professionals in that, how do you learn how to say no and not, not feel you're doing something wrong? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Highly sensitive people, it's been my experience, and I've read, you know, numerous studies are prone to addiction. Absolutely. And so that is such a powerful thought. You know, we have a podcast on that, like just know your triggers, because if you don't have an awareness of what your triggers are, you won't know the boundaries you need to set, right? That's, that's exactly right. And so Anne's really good at helping people set the emotional boundaries they need to set to protect themselves from going into a triggered trauma state. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Right. You know, and and I have have learned that, um, so if someone came to me and in my private practice several years ago, if they said that they were using... Um, oh, I only, I only smoke marijuana or I only drink a little bit. And I suspected through our discussion that they may have an addiction to that is I will, I will require them to stop, stop using while you're working with me or, or it won't be successful for, for you, especially. So treating that and stopping that first And then what comes up is what I call the ism. So we call that in treatment. And then, you know, you can go to your one-on-one therapy. You can go to PTSD, um, eye desensitizing uh, movement therapy, whatever it is to work on that trauma piece. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's both, right? Yes. It's, it's both. It's, it's working on the trauma that causes the trigger that makes you need to set boundaries so you can do both and both at the same time can be really powerful. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. Okay. I, 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 I just, I just really like this idea so much and I like Anne so much that I just wanted to be able to let people know about her program. And can you go ahead and say the information about the Sober Academy, but we're also going to put it in the podcast um, notes. So you can always go to the actual podcast in our podcast feed, and you'll be able to find the information regarding Anne's program. But Anne, can you also tell us how to contact you and, and a few things like that? Yes. Well, the first thing is, let me give out my phone number and people can call or it's better to text me and it's 520-370-9020. Um, and my email address is Bruno and one, the number one at msn.com. And I always like to speak to the people directly. 
and I can assess even at that point in time if they're appropriate because if they are having any kind of physical withdrawals, um, you know, I can refer them to maybe detox if it's that severe and then to come back and we'll work together. And I can incorporate my coaching, even sending them to detox, giving them support. Absolutely, right, exactly. And that is a great idea to have that direct conversation with Anne so that she can really feel out what it is you need. Exactly. Because exactly. detox detox isn't, isn't a long, extensive period of time, no. which some people get confused on. It's a, it's a short period of time just to get it primarily out of your system. Yes. And, you know, from my knowledge also is uh, detox from alcoholism is the worst, most dangerous. So I am especially cautious about that. Okay. So, um, and go ahead and just read those numbers one more time. So if somebody wants to write them down, like your phone number and your email, and then we'll just have that in their show notes. My phone or text is 520-370-9020. And my email is Bruno, B-R-U-N-O, and A-N-N-1 at MSN.com. Okay. Well, Thank you so much, Anne, for coming on and just talking about this program. I just loved it so much because it was so out of the box in regards to um, treatment of addiction that I just wanted to spotlight you. So thank you so much for coming. You're welcome, Sharon. And thank you for the work you do. My privilege. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. Any resources or links from today's episode can be found in our show notes. Original music in this episode is by Christopher Burkholder.